are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Bonnie knows when you plant something, it keeps on giving. Growing from friend to neighbor to community. Generations of gardeners have trusted Bonnie for fresh, healthy vegetable and herb plants. Rely on Bonnie for quality plants, help, and support. Bonnie, gardening with you since 1918. BonniePlants.com Banana Whamma, Vietnamese iced coffee, peanutty pretzel, Today we're talking to the masterminds in Brooklyn duo behind these insanely delicious ice cream flavors, Finn and Phoebes, next up on After the Jump. Hey, welcome out to After the Jump. That was really loud. Sorry about that. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and for the next few weeks, I'm going to be introducing you to some talented and hardworking makers who are creating things outside of the design field we traditionally talk about here. And today I'm talking to two people who are a regular part of my weekend routine, or at least their ice cream is. Krista Freeman and Jess Eddy are the creators and founders of the all-natural ice cream company, Finn & Phoebes. Based in Greenpoint, New York, right next to our little design sponge home base, Krista and Jess set out to change the way people think about ice cream. And they've certainly opened my eyes to a seriously delicious way to indulge, and I'm super excited to welcome them to the show and hear more about how their business came together. So, welcome, you guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. And thank you for bringing ice cream with you. <laughs> we, bring it, we bring it everywhere we go, actually. We're never without ice cream. <laughs> um, so first things first, as the owner of a business with a very weird name, uh, I'm sort of obsessed with knowing how other people chose the names of their companies. So could you tell us the story behind how you chose Finn and Phoebes? Yep. Um, so Finn is short for Finnessy, which is a family name of mine. And I've always secretly wanted to be named Finnessy. So <laughs> I've never liked my name. And so we decided to um, abbreviate it and um, change it to Finn. And then my middle name is Phoebe. So we just tacked on an S. <laughs> Finn and Phoebes kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So nice. It sounded better than Krista and Jess. So <laughs> that's, that's why we chose that. Finn and Phoebes is good. I like it. Um, so how did you guys meet? And what were your backgrounds? Did either of you come from a food background? Um, surprisingly, no. Um, we, we cook a lot. I guess we cook. Um, we eat. I guess we could call us professional eaters. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, professional eaters. So if that counts as a culinary background, then yes. Um, yeah, and so we actually met on um, OkCupid. Nice. I'm so glad you're willing to admit that. Yeah. I feel like nobody admits that, but everybody meets online these days. Yeah, we're just coming to terms with it. We've, you know, we used to have our thing where we say, "Oh, we met in a laundromat, or we met wherever," and we're just like, "We met on OkCupid." Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Lots of I have friends who just got married the other weekend. We met there, but they always like, kind of like gloss over that part of their story, and I'm like, "There's no shame." Yeah, there's no shame in your online game. Um, <laughs> what were each of your first memories with ice cream? Hmm. Good or bad. Yeah. Um, so as a child, I remember when we would um, we'd go shopping in the mall. And the way that my, I didn't like to shop, and my sister would always be shopping like at Limited 2 or something. Oh, God. Limited. Turtleneck. The way she would get me to kind of like, you know, go along was that she would get me rainbow sherbet. Oh. And that's a big thing in the South. Um, so I, would, I used to love rainbow sherbet when I was a little kid. And then 
that's kind of my first memory actually of ice cream. Was it yeah. Baskin Robbins? I don't even know where it was from. I, um, like I just remember, was... yeah, probably, or it was just near Chick Fil A somewhere, and oh. inside it, yeah. So sad that I can't eat there anymore. I sometimes dream about those waffle fries. Did you know they baste their chicken and powdered sugar? That's why it's so delicious. Wow. Oh wow, that's a great I know, idea. Which I think if you tell people who are not from the South, they're like, "That's disgusting." And I'm like, <laughs> "Shut up! You haven't had that sandwich. It's delicious. Yeah, it's so good. That's why it's good." Um, what about you? Yeah, so I love this question because I think ice cream is very sentimental to many people, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you always remember. I guess it's kind of like your first love. You always remember your first ice cream memory. Um, and I have two memories that are tied to ice cream. Um, one is, I guess I'll tell the grocer one first. <laughs> um, I was very young. I don't remember how young, maybe maybe four years old. Um, and I ate a lot of coffee ice cream. And I guess there's a reason that parents don't let their children eat coffee <laughs> ice cream because it came right back up oh. very shortly after. <laughs> Um, so I didn't like coffee ice cream for a long time in my life and I didn't eat it very much after that. Um, my second memory of ice cream, um, is when I used to go visit my father on the weekends and the first thing we would do would, would be to stop and get black raspberry ice cream. And I, I love to this day, it's like my favorite flavor. I don't think I've ever had that. It sounds like a super grown up ice cream flavor I guess it, to me. I guess it kind of is. I don't know. Yeah. It's really good. I feel like we had a lot of like chocolate like peanut butter, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff growing up. There was yeah. no black raspberry in Virginia yeah. Peach. Yeah, my, also my favorite growing up was I ate a lot of sushi when I was really young, and um, green tea ice cream was like my favorite thing to go for a birthday party was to go to the places that they cook in front of you and then um, get green tea ice cream for my like birthday dessert. Where did you grow up in the South that had a lot of sushi and green tea ice cream? Um, <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida. People don't okay. think it's the South, but All it right. is the South. That's what I grew up in yeah. a beach town in yeah. Virginia, and I feel like those never count as like official yeah. Southern towns. We had yeah. no sushi, though. Um, <laughs> when Tell us about the first time you guys tried to make your own ice cream. Yeah, so the, um, the first time we made um, a flavor called Fluff Nut, and Jess had, you know, it was like, it'd be really great if we could make something like the sandwiches she loved as a kid. It was like the, the fluff and butter sandwiches. Yeah. And I was like, well, when I was younger, I loved to put the fluff and the peanut butter on Ritz crackers. Oh. And then we we're like, oh, let's cover that in caramel and then cover it in chocolate. And then um, we'll break it into a sweet cream base. So that was... How did you even know how to do that? Um, we just did it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even no, know. No. I don't know how we knew. Did you buy, did you sort of make your own ice cream from scratch and then just like throw that stuff in? Yeah, I wouldn't even the, know the how first, to do that. Yeah, the first base we made was just a Ben and Jerry's sweet cream oh, yeah. base. Yeah. You know, it's pretty simple. Anybody can do it. It's really easy. Um, and I think the, the chunk, like the inclusion, the Ritz cracker inclusion just kind of came out of this like conversation about all these delicious things that we used to love and, you know, how we would mm-hmm. add to it now to make it even better. Yeah. I think the inspiration for, like, the caramel was just, like, a butter and brown sugar. Yeah. Um, my sister used to make these things that has, like, they're, like, saltines, and then she puts the caram- that caramel stuff on it and then chocolate, and then she, like, puts them in the, the freezer and then gets them off as, like, presents for Christmas. <laughs> and so, like... I like I- the face you just made with that. Like, that's not a legitimate <laughs> gift. Like, she just gives them off as presents. <laughs> no, they're, they're great. But whenever I go home, I always eat, like, all of them. And so mm-hmm. I think that kind of inspired it, like, that salty, sweet cracker thing as well. That, that was in my mind when I was thinking about it. Yeah, so. and Kara, if you're listening, they're very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what inspired you guys to sort of take that moment and turn it into an actual business, especially in Brooklyn, which feels like it's like overrun with artisanal yeah. blah, 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 fill in the blank sort of businesses? Yeah. Oh, and I feel like even a year and a half ago when we formally launched our business, it didn't even feel like that as much. But yeah. I, I feel like over the past year or two, um, it has just exploded. 
Well, somehow our own neighborhood of Greenpoint supports like four different artisanal syrup makers, right. which I don't know how that's, that's possible. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, our friends told us they're like this ice cream, this fluff nut's amazing. You have to launch an ice cream company, you know. And of course, we didn't l- like listen to them. We were just we just we just became obsessed, which, which you shouldn't do, by the way. You should never listen to your friends yes. when it comes to these things. I pulled a quote <laughs> for the, from an interview you had done on another site, and you said. Um, like, that you might as well just be telling you what you want to hear. After all, like, you need a way to test your flavor. So that's why you guys went to the Lyceum, right? Yeah. You tested there? Yeah, we, we wanted to validate that we weren't totally crazy. <laughs> that we that we had made ice cream that, you know, strangers would love. And uh, strangers are, you know, very honest. They're like children, I guess. Yeah. Like, you see the look on their face if they like it or not. And they will tell you if they like it or not. So, um, the you know, we, the point of that was to, to go through that experience and see if, we had something that people liked. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, we shared um, a table with our friend um, Kari from Morris Kitchen, and we were just like, I was on my hands and knees just scooping. I couldn't like keep up, and Kari was helping us like scoop out all this ice cream because we were giving away all this fr- we gave away free ice cream for people to get kind of give us like give them surveys. Yeah, to get information, and um, it was it was crazy. So that was like we're like, okay, whoa, okay, let's let's take it to more markets and um, fairs and things like that. And it was kind of like the the. Um, impetus to launch the business was a was a long series of like momentum building moments like Mm -hmm. that where you do stuff like that and it feels so good and you think it's really great and you latch on to that and that that's really what propelled us forward and like keeps us you know moving forward today what were you guys doing before this um i was a manager of like e-commerce um at paragon sports actually yeah and i worked as a user experience um design consultant which i still do a little bit of that's yeah. good. So when did you decide, when you guys made the leap to start making this, did you immediately quit your day jobs or did you hold on to them for a while? Um, there was like a seven to eight month testing, I guess, like kind of sandbox period where yeah. we did, you know, we did these events and things. And then um, it was the fall of 2010, right? Um, see, it was in... Um, it was fall- in the- no, it was in, sorry, it was the spring of 2010 that we started, like, making the ice cream. Yeah. Then in 2011, January, we quit our, quit our jobs. Yeah, and then that, that fall previously, we started having conversations about it and, you know, like, really asking ourselves if we wanted to do it, um, because it seemed like, the thing was that there's no short, or there's no simple way to get into the ice cream business, so we had to have some serious conversations about how our lives would change and if we could do it, how we would do it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's just like no small way to really do it. Um, that all the equipment's super expensive, so we just had to be like, okay, we just got to go for it. You know, do do the real deal. And we were we were making it on the like when we get home from work at night, we would make ice cream and we'd sell it to um, like Marlo and daughters and Brucey at the time. And like literally, when we would drop it off, it would just be sold out and I had to start all over again. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, we just can't. You're like, this is not scalable. This is not what scalable. We, yeah. we can't do this. Um, so that's kind of when we decided in January, we're just like, if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. And right then also our friend Kari had actually also quit her job and we all just kind of <laughs> quit our jobs together yeah. and decided to um, make the leap, you know, and yeah, that's kind of how it started. It's nice to have friends who do the same or like sort of understand what you're doing though. Cause it's a big leap to take, but I think it's, it's an important one cause it puts a little bit of extra pressure on your business to do well, which not everybody has when they start like a fancy food business. I think a lot of people they're like funded by families with money and things like that but i think the ones that do really well are the ones that like have some fire underneath them to make it work yeah i yeah. mean you have to scrape by and make it work to, sur- to survive you know <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was um, pretty scary because, like, right at that point, we had gone to um, Ice Cream University, and we had just quit our jobs, and I was like, oh, my God, what did we just get ourselves into? We, we just, I don't know, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. Like, I just, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, you know? We need, like, I need, like, a record scratch effect, so I want to back up to the <laughs> phrase Ice Cream University, which I did, uh, obviously, Google before I, I met with you guys, but for people who are listening, you've got to explain what Ice Cream University is, and, yeah, so- and when can I enroll? <laughs> Yes, you can enroll. It's once a year, so you should enroll uh, the next time it comes around. It's, in the, it's every January. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a week-long, really intensive kind of food science and manufacturing-based course where you, you learn everything about the ice cream industry um, very quickly, like, every, like from uh, regulations to manufacturing to production, um, all the food science behind it. And, you know, ice cream is a pretty complicated food product and there's lots of yeah. different ways to make ice cream. Um, so you learn about all the different styles and chocolates and vanillas and vanilla beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. Yeah. And about like, you know, like, you know, store, like proper storage, um, you know, all those kinds of things like, you know, transportation, label compliance and things like that. And it's at uh, Penn State, which is actually the coldest place on earth, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and it was that really cold winter, too. I remember it was so cold. Was, yeah, just yeah. walking Wait, from, ice like, cream the... university is in the winter? Yeah, yeah it's in January because it's like dumb. the slowest month of the year in the ice cream world. So <laughs> oh, a lot okay, of... Okay, then it's not dumb, but... Um, like, I imagine everybody, like, in, like, striped costumes with, like, cones sitting out on a, like, a grassy field somewhere. Oh, that sounds amazing. I, I wish, wish it was, was like, like that. that. Yeah, with, like, <laughs> Mr. Frosty hair teaching everybody. Oh, no. It was, like, super, super cold. And, like, Penn State, I don't mean, not that this or anything like that, but there's not really much to, to do around there yeah. or eat and things. Um, so you just, like, really concentrate on your, your studies while you're there. It's all, yeah, that's all you do. Besides free, freeze your hands off. Yeah, freeze your hands off. Oh, God. Um, yeah, and, like, people from, like, you know, like, that work the lines at Ben & Jerry's or people that just, like, mom and pop people, like, mom and pop shops will go to that or people yeah. that just, like, really love ice cream and they want to geek out on food science. It's crazy. Go. People really? go for fun. Yeah. People go for fun. And they were, like, they made the highest um, grade in the um, class of <laughs> the test. It was a test at how, the end. how embarrassing is that? And it's they were super in, into it. And I was, like, I'm not that doing my homework. That test is framed on that person's wall. You know yeah. what it is. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there was like homework. There's this huge binder. It's crazy. That's awesome. Well, I want to talk about your packaging before we go to a break. I love your branding and your packaging. Um, how did that come about? Cause to me, like that is a huge part in like setting apart a new food business. It's like a label and an identity that's really interesting and different. How did that process come for you guys? Yeah, that was, um, it was a kind of, it was a kind of hard process because initially, um, I was going to work on doing the packaging and like, we just now we're going to work on it together. And it's just really hard to do your own packaging. Um, so a lot of the stuff was that we had this chalkboard wall in our old apartment and we would just, I would just draw these like kind of, you know, ridiculous pictures of like flavor ideas and things like that with like little like things like the goat going bah and like stuff, <laughs> stuff like that for our goat cheese caramel you ice just cream. just hand that to a designer like it's a goat, it's yeah. a bah, run with it. Yeah. So like we had that, we, we had a very clear vision because we, we kind of come from, we come from creative backgrounds. We had a very clear vision of what we wanted the packaging to look like. Um, so we were really, we were really involved in that kind of like more like the art direction process and like the, the drawings and things like that. And um, luckily we had our friend, my friend Jefferson, um, we went to school together, Jefferson Chang at CCAC, and I knew I, I was like, oh my god, Jefferson would be perfect because he was he loves to like hand draw a lot of stuff and you know and work in that way, and so we worked with him on it, and he just did a, an amazing job. 
on it. So that's kind of that's kind of what fueled it. Lots of the original drawings and things. So. Yeah, we really like we tell people it's it's an extension of us, you know. And this the ice cream is it's really ice cream is very personal, and what you put out into the world is always like some version of yourself. So um, the packaging is is the same thing. It's just an extension of like where we came from, how we started. Um, you know, the illustrations that Krista used to draw on the wall. Yeah, and like a lot of times when we were coming up with a flavor idea, I would draw out the flavor, uh, the like the whole making of that flavor in my sketchbook and oh, stuff. That's so and cool. so a lot of the stuff was taken from that as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just really feel like ice cream should be fun, and that's, you know, and that's kind of, that's, you know, portrayed in our packaging. And so. whimsical and approachable and not pretentious. And, yeah. I like the whimsical. I saw yours, ironically, at my local bodega. Um, or maybe it wasn't bodega. It was a store in my neighborhood that has your ice cream. They also have an L.L. Bean flavored or branded ice cream. I'm really? not sure. But I didn't know that you guys, you guys were next to an L.L. Bean container, <laughs> which what? let me say yours looked way better. Wow. So. I'm so proud. That's my home Way state. to go. Finn and Phoebe's greater sign. Wow. L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. We got, what, you got to tell. Classic to flavors. Classic. That's what they were. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Finn and Phoebes. Welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and today I'm talking with Krista and Jess of Finn and Phoebe's, a Brooklyn-based all-natural ice cream company. Uh, before the break, we were talking about sort of the origins of the company. Um, now I want to talk about flavors. Uh, you talked about the first flavor that you already made, so I'm going to skip that. I want to know if you've had any flavor fails. Nobody ever admits this. <laughs> I'm going to stare at you until you admit at least one. No, um, God... So how do we define failure? Let's start there. Like you tasted it and you were like, yep, that's gross. Oh, yeah, we've had, we've had plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm I mean, what, what of... you see on the shelf, like we have seven flavors now, but we started with five. Um, we've experimented with, I mean, up to probably 20 flavors. Yeah. You know, and but... sometimes things just don't work out or it doesn't reach the high bar mm-hmm. that we have for flavor. I mean, but prior to manufacturing the ice cream on a larger scale, we had a bunch of flavors, but we just couldn't bring you know, to market that were, I think some of them were good. Some of them weren't as good as others. And some are, yeah, some are just hard to, to yeah. just manufacture. What's like, what's, what are some scale? of the challenges, at least with a flavor? So sort of? a flavor, for example, like we so, have something like horchata, the like horchata, the, the best yeah. way to get that flavor is to really like steep, great rice, like a really high quality rice in, in your milk and cream base. Um, but to do that on a large scale is really tedious. It would be yeah. super expensive and just not feasible. Yeah. So it's yeah. things like that that are really hard to do. We really, yeah, we, we try to pick up flavors that, you know, that the production streamline as much as possible. Yeah. You know, and so, um, you know, maybe if we had a scoop shop, we would bring that flavor back or something like that. We can make that in-house there, yeah. you know. That, that was a real challenge for us when we started, and it, it was really scary because we didn't actually know if we could make flavors the way we wanted to um, doing it this way. Um, and in part it was, it, I think added a lot of value to our process because Mm -hmm. 
we then came up, we had to take a lot of flavors out and then replace it with something. Um, and the challenges made us really think about like, what can we do that is really, really delicious, but so simple, you know, and that's where vanilla cinnamon came from. Um, it's like, what can we do with vanilla? That's like not that's still a vanilla ice cream, but different. Yeah. Like, let's add a really nice Vietnamese cinnamon to it and see what, what happens. I don't think I ever would have thought of that as a challenge of like thinking about streamlining ingredients and how difficult I would just think you could make whatever you want and stick it in ice cream. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) And that's how we started. I mean, we would literally make banana pudding from scratch and just throw it into a sweet cream ice cream that's when it's being made. We would make coconut key lime. I mean, we would make key lime pie from scratch and then throw it into <laughs> we literally coconut ice cream. It. It like such and a mess. it was great, you know, but you couldn't sell, like, that wouldn't have a shelf life. And yeah. it would just get icy over time. And it wouldn't be the same thing as when you first made it fresh. And but so, the flavor was great. Like, the first day, you know, after you made it was, like, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but just not for a couple months. Or, I think so. that's how all businesses start, though. It's like you do things the hardest possible way <laughs> when you start. Oh and then God. you slow learn how to undo all the things you taught yeah, yourself to do in totally. the beginning yeah i mean we so we like started from scratch again that was really that was really hard it was it was scary i didn't know if we were able to make the stuff of some of the flavors again and luckily we were able to do the the coconut key lime and the banana whamma and what else did we bring back that was still it was there in the past the, ginger, cookie, the ginger snap. cookie snap um we used to make it with um morris kitchen's ginger syrup which was great but that's not definitely not scalable. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can get some pretty pricey pints of ice cream. <laughs> oh, wait, um, what's the hardest part of running an ice cream company? God, Cause I, I imagine it's just fun all the time. But I'm sure yeah. this is real stuff. I mean, it is really. You know, it's, like you guys are like watching like rom coms and sitting around and like this cream. is delicious. Yeah. Let's do this flavor. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of like think of it like what's the hardest part of having a small business, and um, there are things that are specific to ice cream that are very difficult, but. Generally speaking, you know, there's never enough time in the day. There's never enough money to go around. Um, It's, you know, and you want to move very quickly. And sometimes you can't control how quickly you grow as a company. Most times you don't control how quickly you grow. You can't control the opportunities that come to you. So, I mean, it's, it's frustrating when, you know, we think we have a great product that we want to share with the world. And we're limited by what we can do with the constraints that we have. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about running your own business? God. Um, you know what? Just like really being able to like, you know, you start from your, your vision and, you know, you're able to build out the product the way you want it to be. And you don't have, you know, somebody higher up telling you like all, all these other people kind of interjecting and stripping down that original vision that was going to be great to nothing. No, I didn't just naps. Put yeah, more in. Yeah, or like, you know, like just like coming from like, you know, working with, you know, in graphic design and things like that. Yeah, you know, like that we'd never happened. be able to name our flavors like banana whamma, you know, and the copywriting that we come up with is fairly yeah. ridiculous. We yeah. just do whatever we want, you know, and Jess is really great at doing the copywriting. And she'd be like, look at this, well, look what I wrote. And I'm like, like, I'm like do it, put it to press. <laughs> <laughs> There's not like, you know, she like, she like asked me if it's okay. I'm like, you don't even need to ask me, just do it, you know? Yeah. What advice do you guys have for people who are couples who want to start a business together that don't want to kill each oh, other? God. I mean, I think, you know, the answer is probably obvious, but like <laughs> life work balance is <laughs> that's is, an obvious thing to solve. Immediately. Uh, you know, yeah. is, a, is a very important thing. And um, having some space in between the business and your personal life, you know, figuring out a way to make those two things jive together yeah in harmony yeah taking breaks and not try not to speak about the business when you're, you're hanging out it's, <laughs> do it's, not it's speak hard. about the business. Yeah, it, it's hard not to it's like you know it's like it becomes your life you know to separate that you know so 
Yeah. Uh, my coworker Amy required that I ask you this question, which is how much ice cream do you actually eat on like a weekly basis? Um, I haven't been eating as much these days because when we're coming up with new flavors, um, we're literally tasting all the time. Like we typically t- like taste in the mornings when we had our, our interns um, working with us. Um, yeah, I feel like people always ask us this question. I feel like we're so disappointing when we answer. We used to. I feel like the great answer would be like, oh, well, we eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, I expect everybody to say no. I feel like people actually don't eat most of their stuff because like you do it for the beginning part and then you stop. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, we ate it all the time because we didn't, when we were making our ice cream, it was all by taste. Yeah. It was never like, we didn't have any recipes for the job. And so like, yeah, I was like in sugar shock a good, you know, yeah, a good amount of time when we were making ice cream. But these days, you know, like... Not not as much, yeah. I'm always interested to sort of see what circles of businesses and people that, that other companies run in. Who are other businesses, whether they're in Brooklyn or not, um, whose work that you admire or look up to or sort of mm-hmm. want to grow into one day? Um, a couple businesses come to mind for me. Um, I love what Little Bit Sweets are doing and um, Cookie Fairy. Um, I don't know. You know, Paige from Cookie Fairy Sweets? Yeah, Cookie Fairy Sweets, Um, Mm -hmm. So she makes these delicious cookies that are actually sold in the freezer. They're frozen because, and they're they're already baked. Like, you you put them in the freezer and you just take one out and eat it a couple, like, it warms up in a couple minutes. But um, there's no preservatives, so they stay frozen. It's one one of the best cookies I've ever had. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. And she's doing something really different, I think, than you see. Yeah. That's awesome. Is she in Brooklyn? Yeah. Is that... Yep. Yeah, yeah, she's based in Brooklyn. She's, I think she's in her um, kitchen's over in um, Bay Ridge now. Oh, that's I'm trying awesome. to think of where it moved to, yeah. But I love, she has these cookies called the My Man Cookies, and they're so good. Wait, what's in a My Man cookie? <laughs> it's like everything. It's like, you know, like my man. Um, I, I, don't, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. That's why she would say it. But, um, God, it was like butterscotch. It's like salty, sweet. I don't it, know. It's a mix of just, like, really great ingredients that you, you wouldn't necessarily, like, think go together. Yeah. But yeah. they're really good. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, so my last question is, I, w- I usually ask people about like what their pie in the sky project is. So I guess what is your ice cream in the sky project that you want to do with Finn and Phoebe's one day? Like if someone was just like, here's a million dollars, approach this project <laughs> and do what you dollars. want. Oh, God. I mean, I, I, the first thing that comes to mind for me is scoop shops, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, we personally, like, we'd love to like be a place in the neighborhood where you go, like in Greenpoint yeah. or, you know. Yeah, because there's, like, there's not really, I mean, there's Van Leeuwen's over, over near the park, you know, yeah. but there's not really any ice cream shops over by, like, over Franklin App and things like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to have a, you know, a scoop shop because it would, I think it would really help us out with um, brand recognition because a lot of people just still know who we are, Yeah, you know, because we don't have a scoop shop. So, um, and then we can also experiment with a lot of different flavors where we can't do, you know, the selling pints, so... You know that would be definitely part of the dream sequence. So open up a scoop shop in Greenpoint and have some proceeds go to the feral cats that we're all so familiar <laughs> with in Greenpoint. <laughs> some sort of feral cat flavor that that's probably going to be a fail. I'm trying to think of something related to cats. Yeah. It's not gross, but I think it's impossible. Oh, <laughs> um, well, that's my final question. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, we're going to taste some of the ice cream, but you guys can check them out uh, at finandphoebes.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you guys have a list of stores people can find you at on the website? Yep. If you go to com slash buy, there's a li- list of score- stores you can search by zip code. Um, and we're on Twitter, at finandphoebs, Facebook, same thing. All right. Yeah. Hit them up, buy some ice cream, start with a key lime. It's my favorite. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. 
You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>